Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey now. The Hey Now Howard podcast, the first and only fan podcast dedicated to the king of all media and all things related to the Howard Stern Show. I'm Daniel Coyne. And my name is Tyler Cortad. Today we're going to be talking about Howard's new book, Howard Comes Again. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Hey Now Howard podcast, fan podcast dedicated to Howard Stern. Today we're going to be talking about Howard Stern Comes Again, but first I'd like to say uh, sorry about the other audio uh, recordings. We, uh, we're, no, we're no professionals We're here. trying to figure okay. this whole thing out here. One show at a time. We get a little bit better. We're at least we think stupid. We <laughs> so we just figured out now uh, that... Well, we got some fan feedback that uh, some of our previous episodes were playing in the left and right headphones, so had to do a little, quick little YouTube. When I say quick, it took about two hours to figure <laughs> this all out, but uh, we got that figured out. I think. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess we won't know until somebody listens to this. That's right. We're hoping this is better. And uh, also, there's a little bit of amount of uh, whiskey in the last uh, couple episodes. We're trying to figure out the right amount of alcohol to podcast ratio to make sure that it's a good podcast. Uh, right. I think we got to figure it out. I think we're a little heavy on the whiskey at first there. Yep, we, you know, voices little... may be a little slurred in a couple episodes, but um, we're not good chemists. We didn't right, drive that night, so we're okay. <laughs> um, some yeah, some people get really drunk and call their exes. We. Uh, Talk about Howard Stern and Wendy Williams feed yeah. for two hours. Don't like drink in podcast. <laughs> also, leave us five stars so we can spread the love and show this podcast to the tens of people that are interested in it. Uh, <laughs> besides both of our moms who are our only listeners so far. So spread the love. Send it to all your friends. Hey, who knows? Maybe uh, Stuttering John will end up giving us a listen. That's right. we got a few other Stern Show podcasts out there that we found, but we're still going to go ahead and just call ourselves the first and only fan show. Um, yeah. And even before we get into the book, because we just found this out in the last hour or two, that there's a lot of Howard podcasts out there, and a lot of them are just bashing the show because a lot of them are started by uh, disgruntled former employees such as Stuttering John or callers that you know may not necessarily i don't know i guess don't love the show like we do but they use this as an outlet to kind of just bash the show over the head yeah yeah so we're gonna go ahead and just uh pretend we're the only ones out there because uh, yeah i liked it better that way you know i don't think we have much competition anyways nope fuck you stuttering said, john <laughs> but then again we may uh we did go to see um Surely perform in uh, Long Beach Laugh Factory. Uh, we met Eli Braden. We met um, Shuley. High pitch, Eric. Pitch. Oh, oh um, that dude is Elvis, man. That was he my actually came across. Yeah, <laughs> that was my Elvis sighting. Is, uh, <laughs> legend, of course. Um, and he actually came across as a really nice guy. Super nice. Um, yeah, I because Dan and I are both from Pittsburgh, and first thing I said, I was like, I know that. Uh, 
you have a loose tie to Pittsburgh. He's been there a bunch. Of, well, I don't even know what his weird tie to Pittsburgh is. He has somebody that kind of like sets handles him, him there, sets right. him up there. But he's like, oh, I love Pittsburgh. <laughs> I, I fucking love. I Pittsburgh. fucking love Pittsburgh. <laughs> what's that? What's that bar with all the bars? In? I was like, or the, that street with all the bars? I was like, it's uh, yeah, Carson Street. He's like, I fucking love Carson Street. <laughs> like, yeah, I bet it's great. But, I actually uh, offered to buy him a beer, and he said no. He said he had to wake uh, up with uh, who was it? Yeah, Hollywood High Charlie Pitch out there. He was he had to work, man. He yeah, was he, he was, was in work mode. He's on he's on a business trip. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> um, and then oh, uh, speech impediment man also there. Yeah, speech uh, speech. Was that all show related? Who was uh, who was the girl that did the Robin? Uh, Jackie Ton. I got a Jackie I got Ton a strong there. crush on Jackie Ton, yeah. man. Oh my she god, was, she was nice. Yeah, she was great. Eli Braden was great, um, and then uh, Shuli. Uh, I thought he was going to do more Stern Show material, but he had his own original material, and he was fantastic. I thought he was great. Yeah, so yeah. all in all, a good time. Uh, the reason I say that is because we we told uh, Eli and we told uh, High Pitch to to join us sometime. So maybe sometime we'll reach out and try to get some whack packers on here. But in the meantime, today we're going to be talking about uh, Howard Stern comes again and. Uh, what were some of your first impressions there, Tyler? I guess the Howard wrote a book. Uh, news to me. I, I haven't seen anything about it. <laughs> he hasn't talked about it. He hasn't talked about it at all. all. I know. It's very secretive. What a mystery project. Like he should just blow up a giant poster and put that in the studio. Right? Every video I know. Dude, when I first got this, so I will say, uh, we talked about our moms in the beginning of this thing. Uh, my mom bought this for me for my birthday. Yes, Shout out to mom. Uh, when I got it, I'm thing was like 10,000 pounds. This thing looks like the Bible. It's huge. It's 560 some pages. It's monstrous. It's a strong book. But it's, I mean, it it looks great. Like it's it's an aesthetically pleasing book and not just because it's handsome man's on the front, but just like, it's just a very clean, cool cover. And I like the back and I like the little excerpts they have on the back from uh, celebrities and little quotes from them. But it was funny. I, the first thing I did, I you know, I just I opened it up and and just skimmed through it and just kind of stopped my finger on a page and it ended up going towards the back of the book and and I know how we talked about how this isn't a book that you need to read cover to cover like you know front page to the last page. You can kind of jump around from it. So I, I did that in a sense that I skimmed through it. I stumbled on you know just a section that was uh, gone too soon. I think was the section it was. And it was just basically celebrities talking about other celebrities that that have passed away too soon. And started just I read one, read another. Next thing I you know, like I'm not even in a comfortable position. I'm literally standing at my kitchen island and I'm just reading these things. And I'm, I go through four or five pages of this and I'm just I'm totally into it. And these are things. I mean, Dan and I both have probably listened to every single interview he's done since he moved to Sirius. But for some reason, he's right. Reading these things, uh, reading these interviews, and reading some of the things that people say, you miss a lot of it. And my first impression right away was you pick up on a lot of things that you wouldn't have if you were just listening to. Because, you know, if you're listening to it, you're usually doing something else. If you're driving or, you know, whatever you might be doing, if you're listening to it on the radio, you're usually doing something else in the process. Uh, when you're reading, you're pretty singularly focused. So, yeah, uh, reading these things, I, I, I appreciate it a little bit more. Yeah, it puts it into a bit of a different context. Mm-hmm. I think my first impressions were... Uh, and even reading the introduction and following some of the initial press tour is that I think that he wants to leave this book as kind of a, a bookend of his career. Um, and I've heard him say things like, this is something that I want my daughters to be proud of. Um, and if someone asked, you know, if someone walks up to him today on the street and says, what are you proud of? He wants to hand this book over. So I totally get that as far as kind of obviously he's on the tail end of starting to wrap up his career and then i also like how he put the chapters together of going through different parts in time and different celebrities that kind of mirror each other um you know he did the osbournes talking about the reality show and then the kardashians um you know he kind of matches up different um saturday night live cast members and and right. it kind of in the Trump stuff throughout the years, and that, I guess that's a reoccurring theme as you kind of see the evolution of not only some of these celebrities, but reality TV stars and yeah. SNL cast members. Well, and, it's funny you say that because I, I read that just in that Osborne one, uh, in the Osborne interview. He does say that he pretty much, uh, you know, 
introduce that idea of taking a camera crew into their their family and showing that. And right. the Osbournes were the first ones, really, because I was on MTV. Yeah. I think I, I, I'm not I don't, I'm not a reality least, TV historian. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, bringing a camera into you know a family setting like that into the house into a, I think that was the first one, the Osbournes, which was you know early two thousands. Yeah, and and Howard, I don't know if he meant to take credit for it, but he he did in a sense like he was the first one to introduce that idea. Mm-hmm. And once he did, that started, and then obviously that's been the you know right. the bane of our existence since as far as that type of culture. But uh, right. yeah, that's that was the beginning of it. Well, we know Howard's not shy about uh, claiming to be the first to think of anything. Right. But, uh, yeah, we'll throw reality TV up there. Yeah, sure. sure. Why not? Right? <laughs> but, yeah, you definitely... Move over, Ryan Seacrest. It was Howard Stern, <laughs> not you. Um, and he talks about even the evolution of his show. Um, and we'll talk about the difference with his other books, too. But he kind of says, yeah, throw the other two books in the trash, which I don't agree with. But he says... Uh, he almost wants us to represent the new era of the show or whatever that focuses on these in-depth interviews. And he says there's still room for the whack pack and, you know, craptacular and all that stuff. But ultimately this also signifies, I think this is kind of what people have been hinting at, what people have been noticing about, wow, the show's kind of different. They don't really, and this is kind of him really coming full circle on a lot of those kind of like whispers or theories of yeah it is i realized that i wanted to make a pivot you know he has lines like you can't interview strippers forever right um so you know he wanted to get more towards the a-list guest and more interview base but still have room for you know richard and sal and yeah and diapers yeah sure i mean it wasn't only a year ago when they did cocktober for an entire month right uh, yeah, and and Fist so, Fest was just been reduced not too long ago since we last recorded. We should recorded. do a whole episode on Fist, Fist Fest. God, that scarred me for life. That was, uh, that was Howard um, history right there. Didn't you say you met somebody on the plane and you guys talked about Fist Fest for like 20 <laughs> yeah. minutes? <laughs> yeah. Oh, in God. fact, I was, uh, I was reading the book and we started talking about that. Uh, I was in the airport and talking to the lady next to me. Um, and she was also, also reading the book. And... Uh, and she goes, what did they call that thing that they gave me? I just said Fist Fest, and we both just started. Oh, oh, it's not. Um, I remember you texted me when that was live. Yeah, right. When you realize that you've both listened to Fist Fest. You know, there's a certain twinkle in Ooh. both of our eyes. But. Fist Fest. Anybody who went through the Fist Fest it's listening, terrifying. yeah, it's like our little Vietnam. Uh, <laughs> Which uh, I think we talked about, to be honest with you, I was drunk and I haven't really listened to the older episodes. I, I think wouldn't. we've talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> Just start here. Start start with this episode. <laughs> if you're listening now, don't go back. Just start here. <laughs> if you did, we're sorry. <laughs> we offer you no refunds. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I don't think Howard is peace. I think there's definitely things that he censors out and that he chooses to talk about it and chooses not to, which is like how 99% of any other show is. True. But I don't think he's PC because of those examples. But going back to the book, I think this was kind of him coming full circle and saying, yeah, I did make that decision of I want those interviews and I want celebrities to feel comfortable coming on my show. Um, and you know, comfort's a big thing and being yourself. And I think that, you know, he kind of took his brashness and, and still not afraid to ask any question, but not hitting people over the head with a hammer so much and right. letting them open up, letting them be featured instead of like he talks about his regrets with Robin Williams and sure. dominating the interview, um, you know, hitting them over the head with, with questions. Whereas, he even talks about his process a little, how deep the research is, how much, how is the, the, you know, the, the guys in the back, as Gary would say, they're all involved. <laughs> um, he has John Hine read them back his notes before every interview, word for word. That um, was an so interesting like thing. That. Yeah, yeah. Hearing I like it kind of going behind the curtain a little bit. I do too. I, uh, I I did think, like you were saying, instead of a guest coming in, and he just beats him over the head. Um, and, and an example that he's brought up many times in all of his press that he's done is the Gwyneth Paltrow interview where she reveals like you know if something's going on with uh, or was it Gwyneth Paltrow 
the blue. Where she wouldn't have said that. No, it was. Um, no, it was Gwyneth Paltrow. It was like, uh, yeah, she was married to Chris Martin from Coldplay. Yeah, blowjobs. Yeah, she was like, and then just kind of just openly revealed that that you know if she's in a fight with her husband, she's like, I'll just blow him, and then it kind of everything just you know it's it's better after that. She's like, and he's like, back in the old days, I would have that would have been the first question I was like, do you blow your husband? Do you blow your husband? This one, he's like, you know, we're we're deep into conversation. She trusts me. Right, it's more genuine. It's more genuine. He's like, and that's so much more rewarding to hear that from her without me having to pry for it you know than it would be in the old days where I would just ask and then she would probably get uncomfortable and then it would never get anywhere mm-hmm. um, he said that multiple times in the press tour but I, I think that's I mean it's a microcosm of the, of the general idea he's trying to get across of how he's evolved mm-hmm. as an interviewer and just as a, a radio show host in general yeah uh, I like that personal you know style a little bit more I mean then again we, we talked about Dan and I talk about this a lot that you know we when we grew up with Howard we were you know in our pre-teens when he was on E um, and even just in the early 90s we would hear things but we knew we weren't supposed to hear it so we weren't fully developed brains especially in a comedy setting to, to understand what was really happening and, and what he was really doing so going back and listening now you know it's a little jarring to hear those things so it's I guess I'll ask you I mean do you, you we both listen to both sides of Howard what, what do you prefer what do you like do you like this one do you as opposed to the other brash out there Howard um yeah well to be honest with you when I when I listen to the show back I kind of listen my favorite parts are more like whack pack and um and show parts I do love the interviews but um as far as with his style it's it's you definitely get more out of the out of the interviews um with with the way he researches things and um but i think i think another which i I do like his his newer style better um because you you walk away from a lot of these interviews liking someone that you never did or yeah and learning stuff that you never did yeah it's like myself it gave me a lot of respect for someone like lady gaga um that could just sit down even her performing on the show sitting down at the piano stripped down yeah, um, she's you know, incredible. I'm used to seeing like her pop videos that I wasn't that into, but her coming on the show and talking about you know being sexually assaulted and really opening up and talking about uh, blowing up so big of celebrity and having a responsibility to her fans and just really showed me. And then every time I see her since, I'm like, oh, she's I respect her talent now way more and something else that he says he's proud about. So I definitely like where the show is now. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's it's all good. I think the night, <clears throat> but I also appreciate his other books, and I appreciate his other eras. And I laugh at the fact that he was on terrestrial radio, as they call it, and he's going against the FCC, going against conservative religious groups, um, you know, multiple people trying to take him off the air. And you know, even though it was in the form of dick jokes, he was you know, a pioneer, and his books reflect that. It's kind of more of that style, more in your face. Oh my um, God, you're not kidding. <laughs> we have two copies right here of Private Parts so we have and Miss America. Books sitting in front of us. Uh, first of all, he's in Women's Drag in the second book. So if you want to talk about evolution, I don't think that he's. Uh, can you imagine him in drag in the in his third book? Yeah, right. As a sixty-five-year-old man. <laughs> um, but so dude, maybe it's just that, you know. And, and I oh, another point I was going to say um, is that Howard is obviously a man that thinks about his show a lot and always wants to be coming out with what's best and something new. So, you know, he wasn't going to stay in that style forever. So he wanted something that had a deeper meaning to it. You know, sure. Even though he even said, "With I, well, I came to Sirius, I could have did whatever I want, which some segments do, but it's you know, more rewarding to kind of dig for it and really learn the arc of their careers and their backgrounds, and you kind of walk away from every Howard interview with something that wasn't revealed in any other interviews. And, right. these, and these celebrities do thousands of interviews when they, you know, when they're on their press tours. Sure." Um, just touching on the other books again, because I 
I read Private Parts a long time ago, and I've I've seen the movie a million times. Probably one of my top ten favorite movies. I and I'm not just saying that for the sake of the podcast. I really do think that's one of my top ten favorite movies. Uh, Miss America, I'd never read, and that came out in, what ninety five. I just skimmed through it since uh, we were just sitting here doing just a, like a pre meeting about the podcast. Holy shit! <laughs> it looks like the ramblings of a maniac. This right. guy like out of his mind. Like, this guy was out of his mind. Like, just some of the things he was saying. And so... Yeah, he was definitely out to set the world on fire. He really was. And it wasn't... And not even just, like, in an angry way, but just even his humor was a dark and, you know... Uh, you know, if he was angry at somebody, he was, I'm going to fuck your grandmother. Like, just, <laughs> like, just random shit like that. Like, and, 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 you know, obviously we can still see that side of Howard, you know, on any given day if, if something sets him off. But... Unless this, he edits it out of an episode like Wendy Williams. Yeah. Uh, that's the old Howard. He didn't want that old Howard to show. I <laughs> he guess. came out for a minute. came out for a minute. We had to put him back. Uh, but yeah, man, like I was looking at this book and just like, even the way this it's stylized, I'm not sure how much say he had in that. I don't know if that was the editor or publisher or what, but it's like every sure other line is yeah, is bold and... Giant fart man. Giant fart man thing in there. And it's just, I mean, it's hysterical. Like, I... I, I Honestly, I just reading a few pages, I laughed out loud three or four times, and it's really, really funny. But it's, happy like, w- it's like the difference of tuning into the show in the nineties. Yeah, it's, like it's you're so tuning into a live broadcast while you're reading the books. You can hear his. You, you said this before. You can hear his voice in 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 all three books at different stages of his career. Uh, Mr. Like as I'm reading it, I could hear his, you know, that old, you know, terrestrial radio Howard voice, angry as hell and just, and, and, you know, spitting fire. Mm-hmm. And then whenever you read, you know, even just the excerpts uh, before the interviews in his new book, uh, Howard Com- Comes Again, you can hear the new Howard. You can hear um, he's just very cerebral. He's very thoughtful. He's just he you makes know, it he more about the other people makes it more about yeah, exactly he makes it more about the other people and, and things that he learned and yeah it's just it's, it's you can really tell just in the style of uh, books how he's evolved so if anything else even if you don't listen to the show at all if you read the two books you can understand the show even in, just by reading those books yeah and, and Conan on Conan's podcast they talked about this during his press tour is that <clears throat> Sorry, Howard said something about throw my last two books in the trash and Conan really kind of pushed him back on that and talked about how those two have a place too and even though even if you don't like it he kind of said you know I hate I never watch old Letterman appearances I hate old watching clips of myself and I think we all have that element in us you yeah, know, even Conan said, agreed like to that to, to an extent he said that he it. can't watch old stuff of himself right conan was saying pretty much the same thing but Mm -hmm. going because yeah um but but conan kind of brought up the point that we're also talking about is that these also had their place as well so even though now you look back and oh i would never say that today these also were pretty groundbreaking i mean if you're just picking this up off the i mean you, you read private parts and he's got brash views on like rodney king and oj and all the current topics of the day as if you're listening to the show um and obviously he wants to push whatever media and he wants to come out with a book that you've never seen before uh and even the third book the new book does that in a way um and and again it harps back to i think he's always wants to be evolving he doesn't want to continue to put the same show out he doesn't want to put the same books out you know he didn't want this third book to be uh basically a older version of the other two, this is completely different style. It's more interview focused. It's excerpts from his favorite interviews. Do you think at the time he wrote the first two books, Private Parts and Miss America, that, and this is something like I would love to ask him, and I, and I think people have asked him this before, and I, I'm not really sure what his answer is, but is is that, if that version of Howard 100% genuine, or is he putting on because he knows that's what's going to sell books, that's what's going to get the highest ratings in radio, that's the person I need to be in order to be successful. Or was that actually him at that time? Was he that person? And and, and he kind of gives mixed answers on this. I've heard him answer it where he says, no, that was me. Right. But I also was putting on because I needed to be number one. I needed to do this. I needed, you know, I needed everything to be successful. 
So it's it's I'm I'm trying to figure yeah. out like how much of it was actually him and how much of it was just his drive to to success. Yeah, and I think even if it's not him per se, maybe he's trying to be back in like the 90s I'm talking. Maybe he was always trying to like even if he didn't personally believe something, he wanted to be the brash opinion, you know, the quote shock jock. So right. he wants to put a ridiculous opinion out there because he knows it's like the old saying like no publicity is bad publicity or whatever um, that's that was his uh that's still his kind of his mo for his, for everybody on his staff he said he mentioned something like this uh, i don't know a few shows ago but basically in they the, the staff reiterated it by saying like if you come into the studio have a point of view have an opinion. Right. That that's like the first thing you need to do, and if you don't have one, don't come in. Yeah. Because and I think that's something that Howard pretty much preaches to anybody on the staff if they're going to come in and get on the mic. Have an opinion. Have a point of view. For sure. And I think because I think that's how and you know, that's he definitely operates. him. Even right. if he, you know, he's always judging something. If he's not sure. into something, it's stupid. Right. You know, yeah. Exactly. Something, it's great. Right. So he's always going to be providing that. But but yeah, I mean, they're they're all great. This this book. Uh, let's talk a little bit about his press tour and stuff. Did you walk away with any revelations? I know you talked about his cancer scare a bit. You did. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. About, like, let's talk negatively about his press tour. But if you watched one, you you watched them all. Okay. <laughs> it's hard yeah, though because you. the same highlights. It's a lot of the same. But if you look at any celebrity a that goes on a little deeper. Right. Uh, sure. If you but if you look at any celebrity that does a press tour, you're gonna find the same thing. Right. I mean, they're gonna talk about the same, gonna ask the same questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to say that Howard. I feel like it, it was funny though. I did notice that I felt like every person that interviewed him, whether it be Anderson Cooper, Terry Gross, uh, Colbert, um, they all try. They all knew that How- Howard is, you know, quote unquote, the best interviewer. So they, I think, they all try to to prove to him that they're also a good interviewer. Right. So they're all trying to ask him out their questions. But I yeah. feel like Howard's answers were very premeditated. Mm-hmm. Where no matter like what they asked him, it was all coming back to the same general answers, you know, the same general stories that he was going to tell. I will um, say that Howard on featured on other shows is not my favorite thing in the world. Sure, um, I'm sure he would say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like him being in control, uh, and, and you know these these shows all kind of have like they all have to have a little bit of a bit or a routine or talking points, right? Um, a couple of them were a little longer. Uh, it's NPR with Terry Gross. It, it, that was kind of funny, too, because even callers were calling up. Well, well, you're pretty good, but she's the best. So I even think that kind of. <laughs> right. Um, and he mentions that in, in her in his interview with her. Um, but. Colbert yeah, was pretty long. Colbert was like a half yeah. hour. That was like, um, yeah, they came out with an extended cut. Right. Uh, which was good. And he, I think Howard said right before that Colbert came into his dressing room and was like, I want to interview the, you the way you interviewed me. Yeah. That's what Howard said on a show. And I'm well, like, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But I feel like. And Colbert, like, and he was even kind of, it's funny too, because even watching it, I know that Colbert was kind of didn't know how much to dive into him as the person talking about like his. Uh, the plane crash that killed his, his dad and his brother or something yeah, yeah, terrible yeah. like that that he talked about when he was on the show. Um, but I kind of got the sense that I didn't know how much Colbert wanted to kind of let down his guard on his own show. Well, there was that one weird thing, remember? talking about it. Oh, yeah, where he said, I don't want to talk He's about like, I, Howard, I told you that yeah. I did not want you telling that story. And then Howard, like, crossed his arms and was like, mm. Like right. got upset about it, and I thought that that was almost like a bit of oh come on, tell it was. The story. But and then I don't think he ever even Robin the next day was said something to Howard and was like, no, there was a moment where I could tell Stephen was uncomfortable, and Howard was like, and brushed it off. He was like, ah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I think there was something there. I want. I mean, what? I wonder what that could have possibly because I, I feel like Colbert was almost he. He said, I didn't want you to tell it. And then Howard looked like he was upset. And then Colbert was like, no, go ahead. Now that you already started, you oh, can say right, it. Right, right. So it wasn't something said, that, nah, and then Howard was like, no, never mind." So it definitely was something that could have been said. It wasn't something completely, there's been a lot of that. Are we going to get off topic here for a second? But there's, was that, yeah, Howard, Jimmy Kimmel was on. I was driving me nuts. I was driving me crazy. Let's break down names on the radio. Yeah. Not talk about it for 20 minutes. Right. Oh, that drove me crazy because that went on for way too long. Because you're just like, oh, who is it? Celebrities didn't forgive them, or which ones' wives were mad at them. And yeah, Jimmy knew people that were mad. I don't care anymore. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. 20 minutes. No, is it this one? No. no. Anyways, we digress. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, uh, that Colbert was one of my favorite interviews that he did on that press tour. Yeah, I really, my favorite was the Conan one. Just, uh, personally, I've always loved Conan. I, I went and saw his show recorded twice, like a nerd. <laughs> Waited in line with Missouri. everybody. <laughs> That's uh, on vacation to Hollywood. But, uh, yeah, so I kind of appreciated watching watching him perform live, too. It gave you a kind of a cool appreciation. Just uh, records his show straight through. And uh, actually, in the era back when I was like in middle school, when I used to watch... Uh, the Stern show on E. I used to watch Conan as well on the late show. I used to stay up super late as a kid, and now I'm right now. Total opposite. That's like six <laughs> o'clock and past our bedtime. Um, do we want to talk about anything that maybe you were expecting from the book that you didn't get, or maybe like uh, something that you, know, you kind of wish that he addressed? Yeah. Before I do that, I just want to touch on the Conan thing too. I I think Conan was really. I mean, obviously. Uh, Howard picked Conan as his favorite interview ever, which I think we just say it's worth mentioning real quick before we move on from Conan because Howard has interviewed so many amazing yeah, people. And choice. it's such an interesting choice. And I know his reasons were um, it has nothing to do with you know the best interview, the most revealing interview. It's the one that he felt most satisfied with as an interviewer mm-hmm. that he felt the best because he had such a rapport with Conan. And, and I and I, it's weird because I felt that he's had that with other guests and I, and I felt it before and I, and I didn't realize it with Conan until after the fact and obviously going back and reading um, the transcript of that interview, he's absolutely right. I mean, it's, they really do dive deep into it and they, I, I even think the subsequent interviews afterwards are just as good. Mm-hmm. The conversation he has with Conan on the show about him being his favorite interview and then, like you said, the podcast, mm-hmm. um, I just thought was great. I, I thought that, I mean... I know you talked about how much you love Conan, and I, I do love Conan. I, I've I've always watched the show. I just I, I don't think I really got Conan uh, as much as you did, but I know that Conan's just a super smart dude and, and and super funny. I know he wrote for The Simpsons, and he's just a he's just a really funny, uh, a funny mind and, and a funny comic. But I I don't and I think Howard was right when he says that the show that he's on the format doesn't really allow for his real comedic genius to shine. Mm-hmm. And I think this, the podcast does more. The podcast, of, of course, I, and I'm going to start listening to it a lot more, but even just the one with Howard, I, you can see it and just the way his comedy mind works. And I, I think that uh, those two people, Howard and Conan, really mesh well together as far as their comedy minds and, and how they, they view the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I also think Conan has been involved in a lot of things that Howard likes to talk about. Um, Howard hates Jay Leno, so he's instantly right. um, attracted to the late night fiasco. Yeah, uh, he's really interested in smart people, and you know, um, and Conan has a really high IQ, and that's the first thing that Howard talked about on Conan's podcast. <laughs> how he's intimidated because he's from Harvard, and, and it's then, interesting that and then Conan, Conan hates call that. Him out on that, yeah. right? Um, and just said that it was more result, but. Ultimately, you know, it's it's a high IQ as well, but but I always find that kind of interesting too. Is you're leaving Harvard, and everyone's going to maybe doctors and lawyers, and you're going to go write comedy. So you know, that right. takes some balls as well. Yeah, so I think Howard likes talking about that life journey. You know, he's always interested in people's past. He likes talking about SNL. Conan was a writer there. He had funny stories about his time there. So. Yeah, just a really good guest and probably one of those guests that he could come in a hundred times and have a hundred different interviews. Right. Howard's always uh, been infatuated, I don't know if that's the right word, but infatuated with late night talk show uh, hosts. Um, And I I wonder what that is. I wonder if that's something because deep down he he thinks that 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 could have been an outlet for him if radio wasn't his medium. I know he's also talked about game show hosts that way. Game show hosts. Ultimately, he's always wanted to be a game show host. Exactly. He mentioned that was part of him joining AGT. Right. But yeah, yeah, he's always – and not only – him being a late night host but he's always talking about johnny carson mm-hmm. he's always talking about jay leno and, and the wars was... i think maybe the parallel between you know the late night wars and the radio wars that maybe yeah. he faced were were sure. very similar and maybe that's 
that was the the most equal thing that he could find in a different medium maybe to what he was going through so maybe he relates to them in that way and the fact that they have to produce so much comedy in a given week yeah and the way that Howard did I mean Howard was doing four hours a day Mm -hmm. just trying to entertain people four hours a day is fucking brutal right and then these people have to go on you know I mean given it's not as much but that's the most equal thing you can find in a different medium you know so I think that Howard uh, relates to a lot of these guys in, in a big way from a comedy standpoint. Yeah, and he keeps close relationships with them. Obviously, Jimmy Kimmel's like his one of his best um, celebrity friends, but also sure. Fallon. He's had Seth Meyers in. He's had all of them. Uh, Gordon the twice. Gordon yeah, yeah. Um, he's even had the English dude and Craig Ferguson. Yeah. Yeah, he loves that uh, that entire universe, and and it's interesting. I, and I I was asking myself why, but I think that might be a, a good indicator. Is I, I think that's pretty um, close comparison to what he went through as far as that's he's always interested in the late night wars and, yeah. and the ratings and and even now like any any of them that come in are like oh, that's not anymore. And he's like ah come on. He wants that. that. He wants shit. it so he's bad. Like, well, you know, it's more because he's not going to do it anymore. He wants somebody else to have a war, at least, <laughs> yeah. so he can live vicariously. I know. We need a we need a good Howard war. Yeah, right. I mean, we had that Wendy Williams for just yeah. a second. If we just put a the most popular episode, all right. Howard versus you know, it's crazy. Even I mean, he's definitely involved because even somebody brought up Jay Leno. Like, hey, would you have Jay Leno? I think it was even Bobo. I don't yeah. know who, who asked, but somebody was like, mm-hmm. would you have Jay Leno on? And he was said, yeah, yeah, yeah I'd have Jay on. It's like what? Yeah, I remember you asking that before. You've been like, "Fuck no!" Right? Yeah, I guess. And he even would know that that conflict would be interesting, and that's ultimately, I guess, what he's going for. Yeah, so that's true. Interesting radio for his viewers or his listeners. Um, uh, kind of piggybacking off of that, though, is if there's things in the U.S. before, if there's things in the book that that I was expecting and and didn't see, or. Uh, vice versa, things that I saw that I was surprised about. Um, one, I was surprised to see Trump in there as much, and I, I had myself wondering because I know he always talked about Trump being a great guest. Uh, they said his his relationship with him as a friend was pretty vague because it's like were they friends? Were they? Who knows? But uh, it was interesting to see Trump in there as much as he was. Cause was he that talks about him in every press tour. Talks about him on every he press talks about tour. How Hillary should have come on the show on every press. And, and, and it's like, is that? I find myself asking, I'm like, is that, is that a little bit picadino you know, to sell books? To sell books, probably. Got to be right. Because there's nobody who gives a shit about Trump or Hillary that much still. Like a couple, like five, yeah, four I, or, years later. I guess, or is he saying, hey, I have? Yeah, I guess I can see it either way though, because he also has. Who has that type of content about Trump in that? They did use a lot thing. of his interviews with Trump oh, yeah. in during the uh, his Trump's campaign, right? And in a negative like sense, leaking, like quote unquote <laughs> leaking tapes. That right, they, you know they're public. They aired. Right, so someone's got them recorded somewhere. But it's the way that. But Howard answers the question almost every time. He's like, Trump was a great guest because I'd ask him, Hey, Trump, what is uh, you know, right. wh- what's what would you rate Selma Hayek? She's a six. Or what would you rate Angelina Jolie? Oh, she's a five. Who says that? Who says right. that? And I'm like thinking, find myself thinking, I was like, well, you. Right. <laughs> you say that all the time. Right. I was like, but then again, you're not running for president, so it doesn't like exactly. doesn't really matter. But And that's uh, something, actually, that particular thing um, Terry Gross called him out on um, right. in his interview. And he actually kind of agreed. He's like, yep, yeah, you're right. Because she said, I, I knew about you, obviously, like everyone else, but I wasn't a fan, and I didn't like how you how a lot of young impre- which I was like as a kid like impressionable <laughs> sure she said I don't still am you know, I, exactly <laughs> that's all I know <laughs> like Bobo <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and and he said you know I don't like how you're teaching kids to rate women one from ten and, and he agreed um, but but just I just think that's funny on that particular example about how she kind of push back on that and i i kind of like that about that portion of the interview yeah i i did like that too but it's it goes for a lot of people i mean dan if we were sitting here and i'd be like oh look at that like, what would you say that girl is and we would have that conversation like oh she's an eight but then if somebody asked you like hey do you think it's right to rape women you'd be like no 
Right. You know, like it's it's one of those weird yeah. things. Trump yeah. calls it locker room talk. Yeah, it's basically. Uh, yeah, well, this we're is like the Access Hollywood before Access. Exactly, Hollywood. but we're two degenerates that are never going to run for office, so <laughs> we right. can say, you know, I, I don't think that the president should be talking like that. Um, but back to your point, I don't know. Maybe a mixture of both, because I think he also wants to make the point of, hey, look at how much crazy shit that I have Trump saying. But then again, I mean, he says crazy shit on Twitter or whatever every this, day. The same Trump is is in office and on Twitter today as he right. was in 1993 talking to Howard right. about all this bullshit. So he does mention that you can see a little bit of an arc, his character arc. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> of turning heel. It, it was an interesting thing in the book, too, that I read about Trump. And we'll get off Trump for a little bit. Cause, but you said, like, what's what stuck out of me with the book? Uh, it was true. I mean, he made this comparison in his press store, too, that Trump, whenever he was writing a book, he would flirt with the idea of running for president. And it was solely for the purpose mm-hmm. of trying to sell, sell books. books. Yeah. And Apprentice wasn't doing well. Um, they were trying to negotiate his contract. Oh, maybe I'll run for president. This one actually took, and he actually ran for president and did it. But it was in the same, you know, type of world that he was doing that before with his previous books. So it was interesting to hear that comparison because I know Howard's been saying for a long time that uh, Donald does not want to be president. He never wanted to be president. It was kind of this thing yeah. he threw out there, and it, and it stuck, and he rolled with it. Uh, and I and I was like, ah, I don't know if that's true. But then when he really made it into like a real comparison to his previous books and and to his television ratings, I was like, yeah. I kind of, <laughs> who knows with this fucking guy? You never right. know. Yeah, well, he has declared himself president multiple times. And that's what, even the first interview of the now word from our president, it talks, it mentions that, like you said, um, did you really want to run for president? And that was back in like 95 or something. Right. So definitely uh, lots of Trump, but I guess that's, that's any anything any form of media now so maybe a little bit of both maybe he wanted to show put that on a record too because he's right. i know that he doesn't even really play those tapes anymore and i think he's purposely not they, they don't play that stuff on sternthology or anything uh trump's old appearances yeah they don't play a lot of old stuff on sternthology well, to be honest that's a whole episode. different thing <laughs> yeah right he doesn't want any of that shit on there but to go back what we were talking about before what what wasn't in the book for you that you thought you wanted to see or thought you might want to see? Um, two, well, this makes me kind of a psycho, but... Uh, <laughs> this, just this one? Or just, uh, any of the other stuff that makes you a psycho? <laughs> um, but I downloaded the uh, Kindle version of Howard Stern Comes Again. Right. And for whatever reason, I... Because in the show he talked about this book forever and it was a huge topic so he talked about i'm going to talk about things behind the scenes i'm going to talk about rumors that fans had that may may or may not have been true and those even uh things were like the staff was guessing and what's your revolution going to be sure don't talk about that or you know quiet down or whatever so um so i was hoping there'd be more about marcy more about um all these, I don't know. I'm just really interested in that whole dynamic of like such a powerful figure on the show, also kind of being forbidden to be talked about. But then also, so I went and did like the control find and then looked for Marcy, and there was just like that small mention right at the um, beginning, maybe another small one in there somewhere. But all I saw was just a quick little shout out, Marcy, my um, you know, VP of the show or whatever her title is. But and then also with Artie. And the reason I kind of lump them together is these are kind of topics that are almost kind of forbidden topics, but are also, if you're a Stern fan, are well less about the Marcy, but more about the Artie stuff is just, you know, I kind of wanted him to maybe say, maybe an interview I won't have is with Artie or people in the room that helped me were Artie. And I think even Benji was talking about, oh, I'm definitely going to be in the book because you're going to mention me about being in the room or... Right. Maybe him just talk about because he did mention Artie in some of his press stuff, and he mentioned Marcy once or twice in his yeah, press he did. too. Yeah, he did. Um, it was that with Conan or something, and he had a line about oh, well, this woman I work with, Marcy. She told me to be confident. Right, because Conan compared it to his assistant. They would say, right. you know, they had that comparison, and yeah. and. Yeah. And maybe that's part of her role is like even though Howard's the you know king of all media, he still may be that guy that needs someone like telling him that. 
or because everyone kind of does. I mean, I'm super sure. self conscious. We don't even advertise for this podcast because I get like, I don't want anybody listening to this. <laughs> yeah, so maybe you need someone saying, "Hey, you need to go. You need to go out there. You are." So I think she, maybe she just is that general manager that he doesn't really want to like mention that he needs. But I thought that maybe he'd kind of dig into that about, hey, I know there's been rumblings about the shakeup and the backstage stuff, but really no mention there. And then I was just kind of hoping for maybe a little bit more about Artie, but now seeing that it's mostly interview-based, I understand that. But I was figuring maybe um, within the the buildup of the show, he talked a little bit more about there's going to be stuff in there that have been rumored and maybe that was more of like his cancer scares and right i i would have i don't know not say bet on it but i think it's probably a wishful thinking i thought maybe an excerpt from Artie or about Artie would have been in there uh in the sense of i mean just when whenever Artie was in the studio sometimes they would just get to i mean Artie's story is fascinating to me i used i mean he's yeah. hysterical it's just about you know how he was taking care of his dad and things like that um yeah. uh it's just a great I don't know. I just love Artie, but I, I thought that, I mean, it was, it was interesting. And it was even right whenever Howard got to Sirius, it, they had, I mean, maybe it was just time to, to kind of get into that. And it wasn't necessarily an interview. So maybe that's why it wasn't in the book. Um, but yeah, I just, I thought some of their conversations were really fascinating just in it. And they did get deeper than just your surface level of, of, you know, two comedians in a studio together. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wanted to see that, but I, I get why it wasn't. Uh, the Marcy thing, sure. I that's obviously more clear why that wasn't in there because you know she's never on the show. Um, but yeah, I wish there was a, the the cancer scare was the one thing that you know we were kind of speculating um, because I remember when they, they had that uh, show about whenever uh, Howard was talking to Gary was like Gary was talking from better. Like, trying yeah, to guess what it was. Trying to guess what it was, and and Gary pretty much guessed it, and Howard was like, ah, all right, that's an, uh, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And just shut it down real quick. So that's also uh, coincidentally the one that Wendy Williams talked about on her show, and that's well, that was Gary's clue. He said, right. "Was it what Wendy Williams said?" Right. So maybe that just kind of started the whole. Um, maybe that's if why she did say that. Then he was just probably pissed that maybe she did actually have some sort of inside. She knowledge knew, and, and then she, she leaked it, leaked so, it or something. So maybe could be that more was to the it. Venom, right? Which would make a lot more sense. With his, um, I think the reason we do this and we analyze this shit is because Howard's so truthful with everything. We have no lives. We have that too. We're fucking big fucking losers. Uh, But he's so truthful with everything, and so now in this later stages of Howard, where he keeps some shit, we're like, it keeps us guessing now. We're like, oh, if he's not going to tell us the truth about this thing, well, what what does that mean? Like, is this something bigger than what it really is? Um, I'm sure it's half and half. Some of it's nothing, and some of it could be an actual cover up to. Something he doesn't want us to know. But yeah, we're pretty much big fucking losers is the answer to that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And I think that he touches on that even in the book that there's certain things that like he didn't want the audience to know about the cancer scare. He didn't want callers calling in and telling him about you know, their sister died. From I get the same that. Thing. Like I almost like I yeah. Just knowing absolutely. Howard's personality, that just makes sense. Like he doesn't want to hear that shit and And I think he doesn't even in private parts in, in Miss America, he digs into his family life. He's like, my in-laws are a pain in the ass. I got married too early. And I think he's evolved from that and also learned of maybe like that's not healthy for anybody. Like that's not healthy for my family. Even I, though you may get a laugh on the radio. Oh, he's right. banging on his in-laws. And Tyler and I were like talking off air. It's like, well, what about like the next Thanksgiving about like he's pretty much got a whole chapter in private parts about how big of his pain a pain in the ass as in-laws are sure and these are people in his everyday life once the mic goes off not to mention like okay he can get a divorce from lessons. them but his kids are now like that's still his right. kids other side of the family so i think I, I i think that he doesn't i mean he mentions his kids a lot but i think his kids were a bigger part than he even leads on about his evolution to to keeping things private yeah i don't think he mentions them a lot maybe no you're right he really doesn't he's but, just like in passing or but I think they have a big uh, thing to do with him keeping that part of his life a little bit more private because I think he realized for that sure. he probably hurt that relationship. Like I mean, yeah, that was that's not good for anybody. That's not good for anybody. Yeah, so he he's keeping things a little more closer to the vest that could potentially hurt people that are like actually mean something right. to him. Where and before he's he was about that, he's like, yeah, that style of coming in with a sledgehammer. 
Yeah, it got me ratings. It got me famous, but it wrecked havoc on my personal life. And he wasn't happy, right? Yeah. yeah. So in the end, what was? And the... he talk. I mean, he'll talk about Beth or like a, a stupid little story or the cats, but he definitely isn't. Right. Yeah. There's no need to let 40 million people into your every single day life. Right. And he did it. I mean, he like he he got us all intrigued enough already. He doesn't need to to keep mm-hmm. going full force anymore. You know. All right. I think that about covers it. Uh, he came again. He came again. We came again. Everybody's coming again. <laughs> coming. <laughs> coming. Ah, ah. Um, I do love the uh, Arnold. Oh, I gotta love it. Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> no matter what, it just ends up coming everywhere. Just coming. No matter how the premise starts. <laughs> ah. I'm sure we could dive into more like interviews and like things like that with a book, and I'm sure in future podcasts we'll find you know, little things in the book as we continue. Yeah, sure. Uh, but I think that's a good general, uh, overview of the book, his press tour, um, especially his evolution from his previous books to this one. Um, what do you think? It's good talk. Okay. Good talking to you too, Bubba. uh, (laughs) Stayed relatively sober. Um, just a few whiskeys this time, not like 12, like before. Yeah. No slurring this time. Falling asleep at the mic. (laughs) And click five stars. If you're listening to us, on uh, Apple, whatever, you get your podcast. I think we're on like three of them now. Yeah, give us your love. For like a Yahoo one or something. Uh, we're on YouTube. Check us out. If you're listening on YouTube, click uh, thumbs up. Give us a comment. If you click thumbs down, it's just fucked up, man. It's my favorite. That. Make make us your favorite. That's right. It'll be your favorite podcast. <laughs> Well, that's all for now from uh, Los Angeles, California. Say hey now, Howard Podcast. I've been uh, Daniel Coyne. And my name is Tyler Cortez. And we'll see you next time. Hit him with a high. Hit him. Hey, it's me, your cousin, from Boston. I'm on the radio doing ads for Sam Adams. Now I'll be known as the Sam Adams guy instead of the dude who fell in the quarry. Sam Adams Boston Lager is crisp and refreshing, which is why I bring a six-pack wherever I go, except the movies anymore. Sam Adams from Boston with love. Here's a legal pot. Watch how fast I can read. The Boston Beer Company, Boston Mass. Drink responsibly. Now, is that 30 seconds? Are we even close? Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.